Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Happy Father's Day to all the alien fathers and human fathers and whatever breed of father you are. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. What about the Romulan Academy. fathers? Fuck the Romulans. But still, happy, happy Father's Day to even the Romulan fathers. As as deceitful and as liars they are. <laughs> happy Father's Day from the Academy. We are... I am here. My man... Pike, I say Pike's peak is really Pike's hair. Look out for that meme trending on the internet. That is the hot new meme, hot new Star Trek meme. But I am not alone in the Academy because the Academy, we only bring the finest people in the Academy. And I'm joined by one of the finest Star Trek fans, one of the finest Star Trek connoisseurs that there is. He is the Sinister Minister. He is the host of the Smack Attack, watching that terrible Smackdown. And thank God for Pat McAfee for even making it watchable. John Enright. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. It is, uh, you know, uh, as you said, it's Father's Day here in the United States. Yes, if is. you're not in the United States, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a good day. So probably I got up this morning, just did chilled, made myself a little breakfast. Uh, I was, and... was going to say, John, happy, happy Father's Day to oh, you, my you. friend. You know? Thank you. Yeah, and so, you know, just been a chill day, you know, uh, probably not going to do much, probably go out to eat to dinner tonight, um, just kind of being chill. I got to get some stuff done around the house, uh, you know, just being dad, doing dad stuff, and uh, and, and then recording a podcast. So I'm saying the horrible dad jokes as well. Oh, dude, I am all about them. Hey, I, I know you them, are. I keep them. That's, that's why TikTok feed is just that, is just dad jokes. Dad on jokes dad on jokes. TikTok. Jeez. Yeah, interrupting people for dad jokes. So there's that's nothing great. wrong with that. So, awesome. you know, it's been good. It's been a good day, but, you know, it's always a great day when I get to start talk Star Trek with my friend Demetrius. Yes, it is. It always you is know, a great day. It's a great we, day. When, when I get to talk to you about Star Trek. Yes. When, so. we, we, when we, we convene another session of the Academy. So uh, yeah. it, it's been good. You know, I, you know, I don't know. Like Father's Day is not really a big thing for like me and my kid. I mean, really, this is a year two that we've just been by ourselves. So we just mm -hmm. kind of keep it chill. Like I'll probably grill later. Um, put some chicken breasts, you know, nice. marinate them, put them on the grill and have them for later in the week. And then, you know, just kind of be whatever. Um, you know, I think I've got some pork loin I'm going to maybe grill as well. Oh, good. You know, I got some sausages I can grill. So just kind of, you know, get some meats going and char flesh and uh, as a good Klingon wood. That's always and, uh, good. You know, and uh, an honorable, an honorable charring of the flesh, an honorable charring of the flesh, an exactly. honorable charring of the flesh, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just oh, kind of keep it chill like that today, nice. and, uh, you know, not really plan on doing much because, uh, in, in a week or two, I'll be 
at my parents' house for Fourth of July. Nice. So that's, that's gonna be big, big time from yeah. you remember telling me about Fourth of July. Uh, yeah, it's always a good time. Are, yeah, big big parades. Uh, you know, they have all kinds of good stuff, and then you know, food out the wazoo. So. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with mom and dad at the 4th of July at the lake. So, no, you um, can't. <laughs> yeah, so that I guarantee you that weekend I will not be recording SmackDown. I will be not be recording an episode <laughs> of the Academy. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to record an early one, put it in the can. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that. We'll record yeah. it in the can and put it there. But, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of, you know, my day so far. What about you, man? I know you, your dad's oh, up there geez. with you. Yeah. What do y'all do for Father's Day? Normally? Work. 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 Busy at the busy busy at the store today. It was oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a busy day today. So and I went to my other location where my, my father's at the main location. I went up to our other location in Rome. And I was there earlier in the day and you know, I was there to make sure, you know, the things, you know, the things ran smooth. And so I went back up there and I walked in and it was just a disaster. And I'm like, Yeah, I I said I can't. I said if if I stay back here for another hour or two hours, I'm just going to end up like just just being just a very very angry person. So I said, so I told the girls, I'm like, listen, get whatever you can done. Don't worry about it. I'll see you guys later. And that was, <laughs> probably a smart move on your part. It was, it was a smart move. And believe me, even even the girls were like, yeah, you should probably get out. Of here. <laughs> you know, seven days a week for the last, you know. I can't even fucking know. Maybe the last year, seven days. But yeah, Ugh. it just it just gets to you after a while. So, yeah, you know. I bet. You know, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, what people don't recognize is, you know, small business, family-run businesses. You're, you know, you don't get to take time off. No. You don't get to do that because you're 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 the, you set the standard for the stores and yeah and, and everything that you're doing. So you have to be there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you know you or somebody in your family has to be there, and so therefore. Um, people look to you f- for that guidance, you know, to know that. I mean, that's that's like you know when my dad left his own gas company. It's a big oil and gas company for a good sized company. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it was over half a billion dollar a year company that he that's, made. That's you a, know that's a that's that's a good company, man. Yeah, we have over two over two hundred employees, but you know, yeah. my dad just kind of left in the middle of the night. You know, when he retired because you know some stuff that went on. But it was one of those things where, you know, that next week, you know, I, I went to see him the week after and I said, how you doing? And he says, I'm good. He says, but I just I was surprised at the emotional response of people because my dad sometimes is more logical than um, emotional in his responses, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, well, I'll leave and nobody will really say much or do much. And I said, Dad, I said, you've got people on your staff who have been with you for 40 years and you've been their only boss, you know. Yeah. So when you who everybody looked at you for the standard and how things are going to be run, leave and don't say anything. Don't let anybody celebrate you or do anything. I said that, that leaves yeah. a big hole. It's, it's a big deal. And yeah. so, you know, and, and it's like, it, you know, I mean, he had it set up to where, you know, an, an idiot could keep it running because there was no debt. There was a positive cash flow, mm-hmm. you know, things along those lines in an oil and gas business. I mean, in the oil and gas business, yeah, the that's... company that has no debt and positive cash flow, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, you have to be an idiot to screw it up. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, the people who took over, they screwed it up. They, they, they screwed it up. They, they probably will screw it up, but you know, mm-hmm. I, it's just one of those things that um, you know, it's it's people who think they're entitled to what they deserve, and but they've never worked a day in their life mm-hmm. in the business to know what they are doing. So. Um, you know, and that's, that's, you know, kind of part of what happened, but it, it's one of those things where, 
you know, people don't recognize the importance of small business, though. Yeah. You know, small yeah. businesses are what drive, you know, the ingenuity of our country, and they, they drive the backbone of what we do. You know, if we don't have small businesses, we don't have, you know, opportunities for people to work. We don't exactly. have opportunities for yeah. people to to make a living and mm-hmm. maybe even be more dedicated to their craft because you know, like shops like yours doesn't exist. Somebody goes to Walmart and they're kicking out, you know what, you know, thirty thousand donuts every you know hour from some massive factory. You don't yeah. get to be creative. You don't get to exactly. try your own yeah. things, and and then we become homogenized in our in our thought processes and stuff. So we become the Borg basically. Exactly. And so, (laughs) you know, people recognize the importance of small business. I know they have small business Saturdays in the fall, but like support your local businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I always try around this area. I always try to support small businesses around here, Mm -hmm. even though a lot of times those small businesses have kind of screwed me over. (laughs) I'm just like, especially like, especially auto dealerships around here. Oh my God. There are, fucking terrible absolutely terrible and i always try to buy like there's there's, there's a chevy dealership right down the street from me and you know my father's bought trucks from them i bought trucks from them and my, my mom got her got her car from there and you know we supported them and everything else and they kind of um they kind of left me high and dry when i was having a transmission issue mm. with with my truck and they basically just kind of you know they basically told me you know we're not going to cover it. We're not going to cover anything because it's your fault because you put the tuner on it, which is a lie because my tuner didn't do anything bad when I had my Ford truck and I yeah. put a living shit out of that with the tuner on it. And the Chevy, I had the tuner on, but so I took it to a buddy of mine to get the transmission fixed and he took the gears out, you know, because you're built the transmission. He goes, Dimitri, right. you know, these, these gears are shot from the factory, man. They, they weren't, they were found to go whether, you put the tuner in or not, you know, I mean, the tuner didn't do anything to this truck. It was right. the gears. And then on top of it, when you had the truck service, they didn't do the best job of servicing the transmission. They forgot a few things, but they forgot to put the, the transmission oil filter back in and stuff. So there was shavings in the oil because the filter uh. wasn't there. Yeah. So there was, you know, and it, and, and to me, it's like, listen, man, you know, I'm probably going to, you know, because at that time I was like, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I I might get a new truck. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I was like, you know what? Because because I wasn't happy with the service there or anything. So I was like, screw that. I said, I'm not, you know, and then, and then there came times where I where I had to have the truck brought there to get the oil change at least. But I really just didn't. And if it was like, like factory work, you know, from GM, I, I couldn't have my diesel mechanic do it for me. So I'd take mm. it there, but it's just, you know, it's like when you're a small business like that and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. They've been around for a long time. You know, it was the guys, the guys that started it, you know, they kind of walked out. Now I guess one of the sons is running it and mm. not, not a lot of good things about the son. Not, not, not a lot of good things. I don't mind him as a person, but as a businessman, eh, he's not the best. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So, you know, it, it'd be totally different. It's like, if, it's like if I, me and my sister took over the stores, basically, you know, I would run like how my father would would uh, run it. So, because I seen I seen what he's done, and it's and it's and it's and it's successful. So, you know, I do it that way. I wouldn't I wouldn't work as many hours as him. I'd figure a way out how to work less hours. And, and still get the job done properly, but 
you know, I would basically run it, run it. I'd run it the same way, you know, that, that he did it because it works. Yeah. You know, you know, why try to, why try to, you know, create something new or fix something when it's, when it's uh when it's a well, when it's a well running machine, well, well oiled running machine. So, you know, and that's, and that's, that's, that's some of the issues with, small businesses now you know you mm. get you know especially family-run businesses where some of the kids take over and they just end up just fucking it up so right you know. yeah but you know that's the sad part is you yeah know, you know really sometimes that's the 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 thing you really have to you'd be upset about is that the kids didn't learn anything from the the, the dad yeah. you know it, it's it's that's the yeah. sad part you it know really, it really is sad because because the only reason the reason why I bought that truck from them was because of the service. I mean, the service was really good. I mean, mm -hmm. like never, my father never had an issue with it. They come and they pick the vehicle up and, you know, and after that, I just, I was like, you know what? Screw this shit, man. I said, I, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's so, and, but then on top of it too, you, you see, you see the price of, see the price of like new trucks and the price of new vehicles. Why would I even want to like even like my truck? If I was to get my truck now, if I could find it, right. it'd probably be like eighty or eighty-five thousand, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it's a it's a freaking diesel pickup truck for God's mm -hmm. sakes. I'm like, it's not a BMW, it's not a Mercedes, it's you know, uh, it, it's not a Cadillac. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like it's an Escalade. It's a Chevy Duramax diesel pickup truck. <sighs> That, that you are that you are meant to put a plow on the front trailers that weigh you know thousands of pounds with it. It's a work truck, you know. But it's just it's it's just in, and then on top of it, if you want to like, if you want to hop it up and tune it up, it's gonna cost like like it cost me to do my truck with the exhaust, the tuner, and everything. I think it was like four grand, which I mean, which is I mean, which is which was good. Now to do the same thing you. To, to do to the new trucks is to my truck it's like eight or nine thousand dollars now yeah it, it, and on top of it you have tuning companies diesel tuning companies that are basically getting put out of business okay because oh we can't have these diesel trucks blow out black smoke oh it's hurting the environment and while in the meantime you have these giant ass corporations okay dumping pollution into the rivers into the streams and other countries are polluting way more than us that are in these Paris climate accords, such as China, and I hate to say India as well. Okay, I mean these these countries are just they don't give a flying crap about the environment. They're mm -hmm. just pouring raw sewage into everything, destroying the climate, destroying the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's guys, it's guys like me driving diesel pickup trucks. We're we're evil. And I got off on a tangent about that. Sorry, John. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. It's, you know, it's just it just you know like it's like shit that just, just just aggravates me. It just aggravates me. It's like listen, mm -hmm. man, my diesel truck running like that on the highway. I get twenty three to twenty four miles to the gallon on the highway and seventeen in the city. I get better gas mileage than some of these freaking so called gas friendly cars do. And I and I'm driving a twenty five hundred. Uh, I'm driving like a a, a six thousand pound truck. Mm. So figure that one out. You want to know why? Because it isn't choked out by everything. Right. Shit. Dude, it it's crazy just how things are are it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely just... ridiculous. You, you got shortages, you got now you for diesels, death load, you have to have death load to run in there because it's the urea that I guess that makes the 
takes away the black smoke. It's, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly, but yet I still come, see trucks with black smoke, even if they have the daffodil. Exactly. Here's here's the thing. It'll come out It'll come out of the urea is damaging the fucking ozone or something, probably. Well, which, that shit's pretty toxic in itself. It is. It's urine, for God's You're spreading urine into the air. It's not good. It's not good. So, but the, now there's going to be a death flu shortage. So guess what? If trucks are low on death flow, because I had this happen before I, you know, before I deleted the system on my truck. If you're low on death fluid, you can go 55 miles an hour, then to 40, then to 25, and then you can't even drive your truck. Your truck won't oh, even wow. start. Yeah. So, and suppose that there's a death fluid shortage out. There's baby formula shortage out. There's just shortages upon shortages, you know, and. And everybody wants to blame, wants to, they want to blame the companies, blame this, blame that. Well, how about this? How about, how about, how about the policies passed by these freaking idiotic politicians? Okay. And that the companies are trying to adhere to, but it's changing every single minute. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, and that's the problem. Okay. Everybody, yeah, they want to label Exxon and Shell. Yeah. Okay. Are, are they, are the evil corporations? Probably. The people around them probably are evil as fuck. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. But here's the thing. You know, when you have the CEO come out and say, listen, man, we want to make more gas because we make more money if we sell more gasoline. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we drive cars, too. We still we so we have to pay that. He goes, but our refineries, you know, Biden said in the in the debates, oh, I'm eliminating all fossil fuels. He said in the debates. Mm -hmm. But 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 people didn't hear that. And so these policies that they're passing, it's just you're the, the guys like if you pass policies and you stick to them then we will then we will produce more gasoline but you're shutting down a refinery you're shutting this down how the hell are we supposed to make gasoline for the people mm -hmm. you know yeah. here's the thing pipelines maybe okay because because why why are we getting our oil oh my god we're going into a political tangent i'm sorry <laughs> I, I, I pop out but one last yeah. thing we're getting our oil from saudi arabia which is a big time human i mean which everyone's flipping shit in the golf world okay because these golfers are taking money from the Saudis, flipping shit about them, calling them mm -hmm. this, calling them that, you know. But the United States, we're getting I don't know how many millions of barrels of oil from from Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. We're basically protecting them if anything happens to them, and we kowtow to them. And uh, plus, to you know, lots of these politicians that are pro gay and pro females, you know, uh, what's our Hillary Clinton? Yeah, that that was her. Took. I don't know how many billions of dollars from the Saudis in campaign funds to her mm -hmm. to her charity. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, you know, instead of relying on people like. I mean, why not? I don't know. Yeah. Funny. Why not support American companies that are trying to give or trying to produce oil? How about the fucking Keystone Pipeline that helps out our friends up north in Canada? Because when Biden shut that down, that was a big shit sandwich at Justin Trudeau. Simple stuff, man. Simple yeah. stuff. Simple yeah. stuff. Yeah. And well, yeah, but here's the here's the other thing. Okay, so you, you can see this as well. Could it be a conspiracy to push us towards electric vehicles because we're seeing more and more electric vehicles yeah. being produced? But here's the problem: those electric vehicles, in order to make stuff happen they go they're using more plastics plastics still need fossil fuel to be created you know you still need fossil fuels to create some of the aspects for yeah. your windmills your solar cells your electric vehicles to yeah. create the plastics and things that you need 
fossil fuels are still going to be needed, even mm-hmm. if let's let's say like Biden says by 2030, we'll make it to where everybody can have an electric vehicle and it's affordable and we'll have a national electric grid, which we don't, by the way. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, my God. If, can if, you if, like right now in Texas? That's like the, the, the grid would fucking fail, man. Uh, but like right we, now we, in we, Texas, <laughs> you know, could you like I where I live? I think that I mean, there's a Walgreens that has a charging port that I think is universal. But like how I mean, it's a big state. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna put a random like just electrical charging station between here and Midland? We you know that's an eight hour drive. It's over four hundred miles, which no no car is gonna make that. So wow. you got to figure out. Okay, I mean I know Tesla does that where they figure out. Okay, you stop here and yeah. and they're starting to do that. But you're gonna get people with range anxiety who are gonna be like, um, <laughs> am I gonna make it? You know, I don't want to be stuck in the middle of the desert in Texas because <laughs> I've got an electric vehicle. With you know? all them fucking rattlesnakes to on top of it. Oh, oh, don't even start me oh there. Oh, my okay. God. Apparently, rattlesnakes get up in trees up here, dude. What the what? fuck? Oh, fuck yeah. that, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I moved to Texas, John. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I had to walk oh. around with my shotgun like this. I mean, oh, that's why. Yeah. That's why I don't have any trees around me, which I'm like, all right, good. I got like, no trees. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'd be doing. That's what I would be like. Do. People like that crazy son of a bitch. You're shooting the trees again. Yeah, because the fucking snake. I'm not dude. That, that that goddamn New Yorkers again. Okay, shooting <sighs> off their guns. No, that, oh, that, that Texas yeah. would be like. I mean, I guarantee you, even a Texan would be like, uh, yeah, no, I'll take a shot. Uh, yeah, shotgun yeah. no. in the tree. Fuck yeah. Because there's a snake there. No, we're not Ooh. playing that game. No. no. Yeah, there's apparently there's no. tree rattlesnakes that are in. Oh, I don't. I don't uh, fuck with that shit. Uh, uh-uh, no, uh, I don't either. That's why I have God. one tree and it's tiny in my front yard. There are no <laughs> other real trees around me. I I'm would like, if I have even bought property in Texas. That trees. I want you motherfuckers come over. I want to cut all them fucking trees down. I don't want to. I don't get near my house. Man, I don't give a shit. Cut them all down. I don't want no trees. <laughs> if, well, I mean, like, if it's on the perimeter, I'll take the perimeter so that anybody nope, is brave enough nope, to come Cut them down. Cut them oh, down. No, here's, the thing. here's the thing. You put them on the perimeter so they may be brave enough to walk through your tree line on the perimeter where there are, where there are tree snakes, then, you know, then you still have plenty of you, you have safety mm. there, but then you still have to walk to your property and then you can still pick them off once they're on your property. So there. You've got tree state protection there, and then you still have sniper range. I'm gonna build a moat. I'm gonna build a moat. There you go. Oh, there you go. Build a moat. Put put a water put copperheads and water moccasins in there. Oh my god, man. What, what, what are we talking about? This is this is like this is like the James Bond novel. You only live twice. Right? I know. When that. Bond had to go to like Blofeld's fucking hideout in Japan and yeah. moccasins and poison everything there, okay. Yep. Oh my god, that was some serious <laughs> shit. You read that book. Oh my god. Oh fuck. <laughs> Boy, we well, I mean, so we've kind of uh, had some fun here. <laughs> and today, I just I alienated all the Star Trek fans. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. They should they, they should already know anyway. They should send in their shit. By the way, if you want to not have this happen, yeah, exactly. If you want to hear something different, or you want to give us your opinion, you can always email us at theacademy at yahoo.com or you can message us on Twitter mm-hmm. at the Academy HMG or on Facebook at Academy HMG and hit us up that way and tell us what you want to hear or tell us your opinion on what you thought what Triple D said. Mm-hmm. Any of those things, you're more than welcome to do that. So this is a mid-show plug to reach yes, out to us. Tell exactly. us what you want to think and uh, maybe give us some points and our ideas. Um, and by the, and, and by by the, the way, way, James, oh wait, real oh. quick, James, I know we said we were going to do your thing. We haven't done it yet. We will get to it, but it's a good one. So we want to give it some time. And being okay. Father's Day, we came up with something different for Father's Day today. But we're gonna probably next week do your oh uh, oh 
the money man had a, the money man had an idea. Huh? He had a man, yeah. So his. Well, so, I mean, uh, listen, if it comes to uh, the money man, then it's money. Right. So okay, we'll preview it now. So next week we'll talk about he wants us to compare ship designs to classic cars. I know it's perfect. Yeah, I love, I love it. it. I, I mean, love I love it. classic cars. So I love ship I. designs, and so we'll be able to do that. So next week, our main point we're previewing next week's main point brought to you by James Money MacGyver. Ship designs and Star Trek versus what they compare to in classic cars. I like it. I like it a lot. So we're going to do that next week. But with that said, before we move on to our main point, let's go ahead and let's blow the bosun's whistle and get into our news. All right. So uh, let's see here. That was... Let me do that. Um, uh, where did my, I hate when my news goes away let me do it <laughs> uh let's see we'll fix right. it in post don't we'll worry. fix it in post we'll do it we'll live. fix it in post we'll, we'll do it live, live. We'll, yeah there we'll, it is there it is <laughs> so uh as of june 13th ladies and gentlemen star trek discovery officially began filming season five okay so um that is uh that is, they have already started um which and- which which star trek discovery is canon which, right. which will offend all the Star Trek fans, but right, too bad. It's, it says Star Trek on it. It's canon, guys. Sorry. Right. The only things that we know for sure is that there will be 10 episodes, um, okay. and it will be on Paramount Plus in both regions. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that is that is all we know so far. For... We haven't given any spoilers. To... No spoilers okay. or anything. So, uh, but I... apparently 10 episodes is where they're shooting for all the, all the shows from this point forward is what... Um, you know they're, they're saying for the that's, live action Trek shows. That's good because because it leaves you wanting more, right? So you it know. definitely leaves you. And and plus too with the ten episodes, they can really they can really like hone in on on, on a good story arc, right? And they can put more money towards you know effects and acting and getting guest guest um, guest stars and everything else. So <coughs> I you know I mean you, you look at. HBO did it with, you know, obviously Game of Thrones and and, and, and Westworld doing the smaller um, series, 10 episodes each. And you've seen, you know, you've seen like the amount of reaction that it got and the amount of anticipation it got as well when they went on to a, a new season. Right. At least I think so. I, I think, think so. I, like, yeah. I think they tried this experiment with the 13, 14, you know, episode that they did with season four. It was too long. There was, yeah. they, they gave them too much time. There's yeah. too much filler. I it think dragged. It at it dragged. Like six to ten, you know, eight, ten episodes right in there. Um, unless you tell a good story. I mean, that's the thing. If you're not used to a 13-episode storyline, then it's it's a deal. But, you know, I think because there have been some great 13-episode seasons oh, of, of shows yeah. out there. Yeah. But, you know, right now it feels like with Discovery, they're really good at about and, – and with, with these shows in general – you know, like eight to ten episode yeah. seasons have been really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that way too, that's what two months of viewing, and then yeah. that leads you to the next show, which leads you to the next social. Yeah, you can cover, you can cover a year with your productions. So, exactly. Yeah, and you know, really, and there's and there's and there's no downtime either. Right. So, and then and then and then I mean, like I have to say something though. Though I mean, Strange New World is a little different than Discovery. Mm-hmm. And Picard because it because it's because it's episodic. You could do you could do a fourteen or, or fifteen 
uh, episodes, uh, 40, 50 episodes in a season for Strange New Worlds because it's episodic. You're not going to have, you know, you know, these, you know, long drawn out storylines where maybe in episode eight or nine, it might drag on a little bit. Yeah. You know, because there's always something different. And, yeah. uh, and, and obviously, and obviously, Strange, I mean, they obviously bring little crumbs you know, from other episodes to kind of, you know, play out in it. So, which, I mean, which, which is good. So, but no, but I am all for the 10, 10 episode season and I am ready for season five. Hopefully it is better than season four because season four, I'm going to be frank. It sucks shit through a fucking straw. Yeah, it really did. It was, it was, it was, as we've said before, and we said in our coverage, it was the weakest of the the stuff that they've done so far. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, personally, you know, I think, you know, I know that they're doing 10. I feel like Strange New Worlds could get a little bit more, but I'm fine with that. If they're saying this is what our direction we're going with our episodes, with our shows, we're going to give them 10 episodes, everybody to get everything figured out. I'm fine with that. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I like the, I like uniformity. I like that everybody has the same challenge of telling a story within this time frame, you know, and it gives them an opportunity to really figure that out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that to me personally, that's, that's really a, you know, a good thing, I think, uh, and a, a good challenge for these writers to yeah. really present something that they're going to have to do in 10 episodes. Now, like you said, I feel like strange new world should be getting a little bit more, but you know, uh, at the same time, too, we have to remember what's good for the use is good for the game. If we're going to make that across exactly. the board, yeah, we make it across the board, yeah, and we go about that way. You know, like you know, lower decks probably could get more, but oh god, yeah, you know, same thing. We just if we're going to make that a, a standard across the board, let's keep that and exactly, so. yeah. So, all right, so our next uh, our next uh, uh, news story is June fourteenth, uh, June fourteenth. IDW has another one shot character comic from the Mirror War miniseries. And this time, the spotlight is turning on Benjamin Sisko. Oh. So Star Trek The Mirror War Sisko is a one-shot that has is going to be coming out. Um, it says, when Benjamin Sisko is tasked with taking out Intendant Kira Narice's political rival at a very public party, things escalate quickly from tense to dangerous when another figure from Sisko's pack past makes a dark appearance. And there's three covers of this. Uh, well, the cover A is by Henry uh, Prasieta. B is by... Ijawa in Bende and a retail incentive cover by Tom Ralston. So, um, you know, very, uh, the, 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 a cover is very cool. You have on top, um, in the background, deep space nine, uh, in the middle, you have Kira and Cisco as he's sitting in a captain's chair and the defiance on the bottom of it. And then the B cover is Cisco with women's hands kind of on his hand on his shoulder and on his face. <laughs> And then the third one is a more realistic kind of looking uh, yeah. cover of, of of Cisco, Deep Space Nine in one corner, Garrick in another, and looks like Narice in the background. So uh, by the way, can I say that? say that God bless the costume designer that mm-hmm. made that made attendant uh, Kira Narice's costume. Oh yeah, the the full like spandex catsuit, tight like catsuit. God. Lord's work. That man was doing the Lord's work yeah. on there because Nana Visitor, okay, she was she's Loki. I mean, like probably low. I mean, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, obviously she was going up against, you know, uh, Terry Farrell and Jerry Ryan at the time. 
Yeah. Low, I've probably low key, probably one of the most beautiful Star Trek actresses ever. And a well known dancer. So yes. she had that like neat, like really like tight dancer's body. But mm-hmm. you know, the five page preview that they have of this, uh, if you like the outfit for the design, costume design for uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, you're going to like the designs and the outfits they have mm. for this. Um, it's, it's, it's very, very nice. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that'll be coming out. Five here stars. Soon. Five, yeah. The Melter yeah. rating, five stars. Five stars. Yeah, exactly. Stars. So let's see. Um, according to this, um, it looks like June 15th will be the release of it and at a price of $3.99. Uh, you know, you, or you can get, of course, you can get it the hardback copy or you can get the digital edition at Amazon.com slash Comixology. So um, definitely, I, I mean, I, I know you and I are waiting for the Mirror War uh, graphic novel to come out, but I'll yeah. check out these one shots beforehand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to check it out. It's just just that whenever we talk about it, I'm like, I'm going to check it out. And then then all of a sudden my... Then all of a sudden, then my ADD kicks in. I was like, "Ooh, look, butterfly!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of what happens, man. Right, right. So, so our next our next story today says that Kate Mulgrew sees possibility of return as live action genuinely after Picard wraps up. So, um, mm. yeah. So mm. it says Star Trek Voyager uh, star Kate Mulgrew uh, returned to the role of Janeway for the animated series Prodigy, uh, which is set for years to come. But now the actress is wondering if there could be more. Trek in her future. Um, and so she was promoting her her work on the Showtime series, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Kate Mulgrew responded to comic.com. She sees a chance of returning to live action. And she says, well, I think Picard is done, unless I'm quite mistaken. I think they're finished. Uh, but it's not likely that Janeway will show up in Picard. But who knows what will happen in the future. There seems to be, as I said to you earlier, a tremendous resurgence here, uh, rather a vital one. So for the first time, I'm actually looking at it with new eyes. I wonder... What would happen if Jamie were to come back as live action? So uh, I'd be down for that. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah make it know. happen. Why not? Yeah. So you know. So would you? Uh, you know. So maybe even a Janeway's hype take on, you know, uh, what you would call it, like a Picard type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, w- would that be interesting in in you? You oh, know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and I we mean, do. We, I mean, I'm sorry. We do know that she does in Prodigy towards the end that she she plays Vice Admiral Janeway trying to find the protostar and Captain mm-hmm. Chakotay, yeah. you know, uh, um, with their the Dauntless. So we see that towards the end of that um, ep- in episode 10 of Prodigy. But would you like a Janeway Picard-esque kind of series for, for Kate Mulgrew? Uh, yeah, bring it on. Kate Mulgrew, one, an unbelievable actress and Voyager, I mean, listen, everyone likes the bag on Voyager is ah Voyager, but when when Voyager got, I don't know what was it, when they first they debuted the the, the the debuting episode, it got like a 14 and a half rating and it kept steady, it was high. Hmm. Voyager is so well loved by the fans. The Voyager fans are so rabid that if they came up with a Janeway asked Picard um Series, it would be unbelievable. I think. I think it would mm. do very well. There'd be a lot of buzz surrounding it, you know, because you're bringing back one of the first female leading sci-fi actresses. Just remember, it, before before Voyager, was there really a female lead in a sci-fi series? 
No, not she was the first female lead. Exactly. In, yeah. Uh, I want to say in a sci-fi series, or but definitely for Star Trek, for sure. For Star yeah. Trek, yes. For Star Trek, yeah. So, and Star Trek, obviously, a lot of people say, well, the people say talk about other sci-fi. It's like, well, Star Trek is really sci-fi. So that's why mm-hmm. that's all people think of sci-fi. Think of Star Trek or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, and bringing her back would be good because now on top of it, you would, you know, and it would be good. For 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 Paramount, be like, listen, look, you know, see, you know, we're bringing back, you know, a female lead. You know, we're, you know, we're we're saying that females can be, you know, that females are just as talented. That female captains are just as good as man captains, maybe even a little better. And we're gonna we're gonna do this Janeway uh, series. You know, and they can bring all the females they want and stuff, and they can do it that way and make it. You know, very female centric. Which don't get me wrong, I love to see it. I don't care. You can bring in a whole series full of like whatever you know people you want to bring it. As long as it's written and acted well, I'm happy with it. I don't right. care. You know. So yes, I'd love to see it. You know, bring back, bring back Chakotay, bring back you know uh, Tuvok. Harry Kim is probably still a fucking ensign. Okay, so I mean, there you go. And you got Tom Paris. But I mean, you have. So many just unbelievable, just great characters from Voyager you can bring back and you can write stories with. And nostalgia is big, is, is huge right now. I mean, look at Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. So do it up. Let's go. Come on, Paramount. Yeah. Freshman, let's do it. Okay, come on. Yeah. You know, I think I think they I think that it's a, a really good opportunity to explore because we I think again we know that they got home, but we want to know what happened once they got home. And I think that's a really good story to tell. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, on on that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm good for it. Like I said, I'm, I Voyager was all right. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my least favorite. It was good Star Trek. I enjoyed it. Um, January was fine. You know, I didn't. I never was like, oh, no, she's fine. Um, you know, I don't care that she killed two Vicks. Um, oh, yeah. You know, she did kill. I, you know but. Making- it, the making of a murderer. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think I think in the in the long run, I think you know, she was a very intriguing character. Um, how she had to move from a dispassionate captain that she was to being the almost head of the family, the matriarch yeah. of the ship, so that they could survive. You know, it became a generation ship less you know, more than a more than a starship. Yeah. And and how she had to transition to that role. She couldn't be dispassionate. She couldn't be whatever they they needed her to be that matriarch figure on this generation ship as they go forward to make their way home. So, you know, I think I like the transition. I like the goal of starting her one way and then her ending another. And I think I think those experiences made her a different person. And so I like to see that continue to carry out once they're home and how yeah. that changes her view. So I think it would be a really good thing to do that. But, you know, speaking of, of Picard, uh, season three, as we know, is, is wrapping up. But there's talk of a spinoff 25th Century Star, Star Trek show from it. And the talk being maybe um, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd continue from that point um, mm. and using them as a potential for a future show. I like um, it. I like you it. Know, you know, so um, I, I would be interested to see that. As we know, at the end of, of season two of Picard, uh, Jerry Ryan is given command of the Stargazer. Um, so uh, that would be interesting to see, uh, if nothing else. Um, there's there's also talk because uh, the gentleman who's running 
season three, Terry Metalis. Um, he also says there's maybe hope for Enterprise. Um, you know, and, I did, yeah, I did, I did see that, yes. You know, and that would be very, very cool to have that. Yes, uh, which, by the way, I did make a purchase this week. I bought a NX01 um, model that's put together, but oh. but you can put you can get the refit where it has the secondary hull that you can oh. attach to. It. So I'm definitely oh. doing that. I'm gonna definitely do that. Oh, I like I'm gonna, that. I want to like add it. that to it. So yeah, that that might be my Father's Day. What I might be doing mm. later this afternoon I like is it. sitting down and building that that like set it. and then putting it here and doing it with the refit just because the refit of the NX01 looks really really cool. Yeah, with this with the secondary you know deflector dish and hull and all that um, mm. on there. That's me personally. Uh, but okay, we just got a couple more stories here because, like I said, we. When we come news, uh, it's it's been really quick. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek uh, Picard season two is coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and Steelbook in October. Okay. So if you've liked Picard and you like still the DVDs, um, it arrives in North America October fourth with over an hour of special features. So Freaking boomers, boomers and their DVDs. Yeah. So you'll get a. <laughs> here's some of the things that you're going to get in the background um, when you get a DVD is um, USR uh, feature right on the Stargazer, how they created it and what they did to do that and bring that to the screen. Uh, uh, a feature right on the the chateau and how they've made that you know part of their canon. Um, re, uh, the trial is over. The intimate behind the scenes look uh, as fans connect with John Delance, who reprises his role as Q, uh, Q and uh, his role in the season two, uh, rebuilding the Borg Queen. Um, so Annie Weisering as she stepped back into the role of Borg Queen after twenty five years um, doing that, and and how they had to go back that the different props. Uh, that they had um, uh, on the show, showing all those off. Um, they have Picard passages alongside the cast and crew. Fans uh, will follow the heroes of Star Trek Picard, time and space encounter older new friends in the latest season, gag reels, and deleted scenes. And gag so, reels. Yeah, so uh, the Steelbook, the Steelbook is, looks really, really cool, which that's just, you know, the metal cover, you know, whatever. And then... Uh, the two disc load of season two arrives July 12th. So, uh, in about a month from now, season two of, of lower decks will be hitting stores. You can get it on Amazon at $27.99 and the DVD at $19.99. So you can pre-order those now. Um, but they did not say when you can start pre-ordering the mm-hmm. Picard season two, but they will arrive October 4th. So probably a month out, you can start, yeah. you know, pre-ordering that. So, uh, I mean, I have DVDs still because, you know, if there's a movie that I really, really like, I'm going to get it on DVD because it's just, you know, I want to be able to watch it whenever I want. And being able to just plug in my disc and go, um, like the Sandlot, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to have to go looking for it. Sandlot, and find it. I, love I do. That's, that's one of my favorites. Princess Great Bride. Movie. Yeah, I love those. Those are some mm-hmm. of my favorites. And so, um, you know, personally, that's that's just me. I'm, I'm a guy who like, and I like. I don't. I hate going to YouTube to find the gag reels. I like having them to be able to pull them up and just to see some of the goofy stuff that people do on set. To me, that's that's fun. So, um, but one more story. Uh, we're gonna. It's it's Star Trek. It's gonna be talking about Star Trek Four, but it's gonna tie into our main point for today. So um, Simon Pegg has been talked. Uh, they've talked to him about Star Trek Four. As you know, there's a big push to have this happen. They're talking about as we talked mm-hmm. last week. Filming at the beginning, at the end of this year, so they can meet Beautiful. their December 
2023 deadline. That's great. Um, and so uh, Simon Pegg is on board, and he says it's really just about um, everybody's schedules lining up. So, um, and, and you know, he says, it is bittersweet though that because they lost Anton Yelchin, and it's hard. And uh, but they're excited. Uh, they've become like a family over the last twelve years. Yeah, uh, and so they're they're ready to do this. They're ready to get to be- together. Uh, he this, did mention. You know what, John? Uh, oh, John, John, you know what, crazy? You see the parallels between the original series and when they started doing movies and the Calvin yeah. timeline back to the doing movies. How they took like a twelve year break yeah. in between. Like it's it's uncanny. Yeah, it really because is same, because the same thing happened with with Star Trek the original series. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man, but I'm just. Oh, I, I, I just, I just, I just want to say that, John. I just find it, yeah. I just find it so funny. I, I just find it hilarious. Well, you know, you know uh, what does it say? Time is, is it doesn't repeat itself, but it is, um, uh, it, it has, it has a rhythm. You know, it has, it has a rhythm. This, yeah, it has a rhythm to it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, we, I watched, we watched Star Trek two last night, me and Jacob, because uh, oh, I made, I, I cooked a nice pork loin, uh, and we had some quinoa and. And whatever stuff with that, and then some pretzel sticks, and uh, we ate that watching Star Trek Two Wrath of Khan. So uh, his choice, which was cool. So, uh, but Simon Pegg did talk about the Tarantino, uh, and he calls it Insane Trek. Yeah, so I love it. He, he says Quentin came up with a mad Star Trek script. I think it'd be amazing to do. It was really fun. People were asking me about it, saying. It was going to be all swearing and stuff. I said, no, it's not going to be like that. And then Quentin called me and said, no, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yes. So it was insane. Oh, my God. They should have done it. They, they, they should have gone with Tarantino's script. And because, says, because he's not making he's not making a lot of movies. Yeah. But he said he only wants to make a certain number of movies. And then he's Yeah. So. so And then it says, I think, I think that's a film that a lot of people would like to see. But because of Quentin's schedule and his approach to movie making, I think he's the only person that could possibly have directed it. So it ended up being one of those amazing lost scripts that people will try to get a hold of, but I don't think it's ever going to get made. So, oh, that's uh, all kicking the nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And so here's the other impart- important thing to talk about, which is going to tie into our main point. Um, talk of follow up 2016 Star Trek Beyond. You know, one of the things they want Paramount wanted to do was bring back Chris Hemsworth. As George Kirk, Father James T. Kirk, but they fizzled out after salary negotiations broke down with Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth. Um, and he said later that he wasn't sold on the script, and, and when he told Vanity Fair. But now that uh, things have happened, he's more on board. Um, Chris maybe, Hemsworth's on board as maybe playing George Kirk. Oh, um, yeah, and so oh, okay, yeah, okay. And uh, and that is because JJ's a board and he's involved, and so um, you know that's that's very interesting to see um, that now with JJ aboard, Chris Hemsworth is kind of thinking, yeah, I'll I'll be George Kirk. So, Triple D, do we want to see more George? Fuck yeah! Of course, I want to see more George. My God, at the beginning of Star Trek, there seeing Chris Hemsworth play George Kirk, I cried. You know. I mean, the Calvin timeline was very, it's a very emotional timeline. Mm-hmm. I cried at the beginning of Star Trek. I cried at when, when, when fucking Kirk died. Okay. Like, literally, I'm just like, what is going I don't cry a lot of movies. Man, I was falling like a little baby. Falling like a little baby. And then Beyond was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cried when they destroyed the Enterprise. Well, of course. 
Yeah. So, th- yes, I want to see more Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is a great actor. He really and, is. And just bringing him back to do Trek is just, I mean, basically that legitimizes the Cal- that legitimizes the Trek movie franchise. I mean, it's already legitimate, but you make it even more legit by bringing in a star like Chris Hemsworth. Right. I mean, come on. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, Zachary Quaino. Um, I mean, Zoe Saladana. I mean, come on. I mean, these are Simon Peck, Carl Urban. You know, you're, you're you talking got some about, serious names there. You're talking you about some. some of the best actors on the fucking planet here. Yeah. Seriously. Playing yeah. in Star Trek. Hey, Star Wars. Fuck off, okay? You try <laughs> to get those. You you can't get actors like that, okay? Yeah. You know, they're all... Yeah. Fuck Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby. Star Trek 4, let's go. Let's uh, go. Yeah. J- JJ, just calm down the lens flares, JJ. Please, yeah. calm down on the lens flares, okay? Yeah, Seriously, bro. So you know how many cinema sins there are for your fucking lens flares? Just calm down the lens flares. We'll see how he does. We'll see how he does. There's probably going to be like even more because he probably just wants to troll everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and let's like, just have a movie of lens flares. I'll, know, be like, I'll be like, legend. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Hey, in Star Trek The Motion Picture, the when they you know when that light came came by to get to get Viger to, to get um Ilea, right? It was it was uh it was JJ Abrams lens flares uh, uh, uh grandfather, did you, yeah? Did you did you know that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, was... that, that 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 whole lens flare family's been in acting for years. I mean, <sighs> you know, they're probably gonna want big money in Star Trek 4. Heck yeah. Go for it. Oh my god, God bless it of a sense, man. They're the fucking best. Some of the shit they came up with. Dumb, yeah. dumb and honest trailers. Especially honest shows of Star Trek Next Generation. Worf getting his ass kicked. He gets barrel. <laughs> getting just owned by the barrel is the greatest thing. That's hilarious. Oh god. That's hilarious. Well, you know, speaking of dads, I think that brings us to our main yes, point for today. Yes, yes, it does. So uh, let's go ahead and issue our black alert. And uh, that will be our main point today. We're talking about uh, 12 dads of Star Trek. And then, so I th- the way I thought we would, we just, I have a list here of 12 dads of Star Trek. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about them and then we'll pick our top five. How about okay. that? All Sounds right. Good. So, uh, First one we want to start off with. This is in no random. This is just in a random order. Just kind of partially what we when I was well, you and I were able to pull up, but us looking at lists of dads in Star Trek. Now, not every dad is uh, on here. These are the twelve that we felt were like important, that were legit. memorable and yeah. legit. That you know we were were there. So the first one we want to talk about is Rom from Dark Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Uh, dad oh, to uh, you know, that's I mean, a nog. That's a nod. And, uh, you know, you just he started out, you know, as an interesting character in the sense of seemed like an idiot, but then just becomes this brilliant engineer that helps keep the Space Nine running mm-hmm. um, and marries uh, Lita. Um, and, then, and then also becomes the, the Grand Nagus. And of becomes Frank the and Grand Nagus out of this. But we also know that Nog was, a t- I mean, uh, Ron was the type of dad who let Nog choose his own choices. Yes. You know, so uh, when Nog decided to join Starfleet, he encouraged it. You know, he didn't keep him from doing, like, Quark or some of his other family, like, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? 
And uh, why is he, he? Why is he with the humans? Yes, and then um, letting him hang out with Jake and letting him do all these kind of things. Um, we see that you know when he becomes part of the Deep Space Nine engineering crew, you know he starts having breakfast like humans would, like some of the people yeah. on his staff. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was an open-minded Ferengi. He, yeah. he was willing to explore new things, and he passed that on to his son. You know, I think that's one of the legacies that as dads that we have is. We want to pour ourselves into our kids. And if our kids follow a similar path, then that's, you know, the legacy that continues on through us and our family. So I would give, I would say Ron was a good dad in that sense. Oh, great dad. You know, yeah. not necessarily the best on discipline, you know, <laughs> when <laughs> no, I came to Nog no, and things like that. No, but wasn't. I think some of the life lessons he taught Nog, I think were really, really good in that yeah. aspect. So I, you know, I would, you know, I think, I think, you know, definitely he's our first dad we've talked about. The next one we're going to stay in the Deep Space Nine genre, uh, Benjamin Sisko. Oh, my uh, God. I mean, dad of Jake. I mean, I mean, I mean listen, that's all you can say is just probably probably one of the greatest fathers ever. I mean, basically, was a single parent, helped raise Jake and yeah. taught Jake right and wrong and allowed Jake to pursue his dreams. Didn't push Jake into Starfleet. Right. Allowed Jake to become a writer. And gave Jake a lot of life lessons. They also did a lot of things together, like when they built that um, solar ship, solar ship as well. Yeah. And also, too, you know, the love that that Cisco had for Jake and the love that Jake had for his father. Right. It was definitely shown in that one episode where, where, the, where the where the girl break, you know, goes into Jake's house when he's older and talks about how he lost his father. Yeah. That is such a sad episode. And when eventually, when they did save Cisco, and he wasn't in there, I cried like a little baby. I mean, oh just, yeah. I mean, just the the love of those two. I mean, the, I mean, probably one of the greatest Star Trek dads ever. I mean, you, oh, you yeah. gotta, you know. Yeah. I mean, you well, can't. I mean, and you think about it, they both experienced trauma because they were at Wolf uh, Three Five yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. They both know that they lost their mom. You know, and his wife. They they went through that trauma together. You know, and then they both got their lives back. And then, like you said, that episode where it, we see the path Jake could have taken, yeah. but in that whole, that whole path he took was for one purpose to save his dad. And he's finally able to do it at the end, but then all that timeline is gone. It's not there anymore. Yeah. And we don't say, but we know that that sentiment is always there between these two. I mean, the, yeah. their love of baseball and the sharing of that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all those kind of things that they do, um, I mean, like the baseball episode in what season seven, yeah, you yeah, know, we, you yeah. know, and him and Jake are like, you know, we're gonna have a lot to work to do, you know, like because they know baseball and nobody else does, and so they're they're gonna be working together to, yeah, you know, teach everybody baseball. Um, you know, the the love of cooking that you know he imparts, which I think leads into our next dad, which is Joseph Cisco, yes, you know, dad, you know, I mean, you know. Uh, from what we know, uh, I don't think he was in Starfleet, you know, from, from what we've kind of yeah. gathered. Um, he just had a kitchen in New Orleans, and he set up in a kitchen. He loved to cook. None of this replicated food stuff, as he says. Yeah. He wants old-school, home-style, Creole, mm-hmm. Cajun cooking. And, you know, people would flock to his restaurants for that flavor and that taste yeah. uh, of real also, food. Also, too, Joe, top Ben, too what it is to work an honest day's worth of work exactly he taught him work ethic yeah taught him you know to basically you know do everything the right way don't take shortcuts mm-hmm. and obviously we see what how 
Joe Cisco Ta, his son, and how Ben Benjamin Captain Cisco ended up being throughout his entire Starfleet career. Yeah. You know, and you could attribute that to the teachings and just this whole, you know, moral guidelines that his father gave to him. It's just right. Well, I mean, um, you even think about it. when Cisco was struggling, you know, in that period of time. Yep. Where did he where did he go? He ran back home to Earth yep. to his dad's restaurant and he stayed there and he worked. Yeah. You know, he cooked, he did the stuff. I mean, and Jake was like, Oh, how are we gonna be here? And it's like, I don't know. But that's where he reverted to, you know, sitting at the piano at night, playing the piano, but then during the day cooking and cleaning and doing the things in the restaurant to get that day's work in. That is where he reverted. And so, um, you know, which, uh, you know, very interestingly enough, you know, the character played by Joe uh, Cisco was also Admiral Cartwright. Admiral Cartwright in the which, Star Trek movies. Yeah, so it's like, he could have still been the same character almost, <laughs> but yeah, no. That would have been funny. That would have been so funny. That would have been, but this is, the, this is the how Star Trek's so great is, yeah. You see that guy's out. You're like, I remember him. And it's like, oh, Admiral Cartwright, but Cartwright. completely different character, exactly. and you're okay with it. You yeah. know, I mean, this is not a character who needed you know makeup to make a difference. You know, no. Rene Rene Abrajanis was you know a character in Star Trek Six. You know, mm -hmm. but then it became Odo in Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Admiral Cartwright. You know, we see a lot of coherences between these two shows and people who are in them, and uh, it's just uh, very very cool to see a character, an actor take a character like this, who was in, in so formative in shaping the character yeah. in, in Benjamin Cisco, who then shapes the character Jake. I mean, mm -hmm. this is generational legacy thing yeah. that you see that's very, very cool that you don't see a lot of places and a lot of sci-fi and stuff like that. So Great uh, writing. It was I, great, I, great writing. Ira Steven Bear and those guys are just Amazing, amazing, really Rick good. Berman, fucking amazing, Absolutely yes, amazing, very good. So Joseph Cisco is our one, uh, is our third. Now our fourth entry on this list is Sarek, uh, Spock's dad, uh, Cybox dad, oh, uh, I mean, uh, Michael Burnham's adopted dad, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone's uh, dad, everyone's dad. Apparently, if you're Vulcan or human in some way, shape, or form, in, uh, in, the, in the in the old in the old Star Trek novels, okay, James T. Kirk looked at him as a father too, right. So it was almost like Kirk's Picard. Dad. Picard. Picard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, but I mean, but what can you say about Sarek? I mean, probably the greatest, the, the greatest living Vulcan in Star Trek. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, covered I mean, because, what two generations between original yeah, series and next generation. Series, next generation, yeah. Calvin timeline as well. Discovery. Yeah. I mean, Am ambassador to Earth. Ambassador you know? to Earth. I mean, you just, know, and just it, you know, it's so much so that he took a human life so that he could understand yeah. humanity and, and do those kind of things. And, you know, despise the stigma that people would bring about to him and his wife and, mm -hmm. and his children for that, because the whole purpose is logically you weren't, we want to learn, you know, exactly. And, but there, we do know that there was genuine love there for Amanda and Spock as well in his own way, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the Vulcan kind of way that he could perceive it, yeah. you know, um, did it was always there for Spock, you know. I was always willing to step up and be available. And we saw, especially in Star Trek three and four, the things that he wanted to do to make sure that Spock's Katra was taken care of, yeah, you know, that he cared, you know. And then, you know, even at in the in four in the beginning at the end, we see his care for his son, um, in his own way, you know. Mm -hmm. And we even see that in the movies, you know. So, I, you know, I, you know, Sarek 
I re- I relate to Sarek as a dad because my dad is similar in a way. He's not as emotional. He's very mm-hmm. logical. He likes to think, you know, his his favorite thing to tell you is, now how are we going to, it's not, you know, we don't want to react. We want to respond. You know, exactly, that, yeah. taking that step back and thinking and logically figuring things out. When sometimes I'm like, I just want to punch the guy in the fucking face. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. That's how I am. But that's my not my dad. My dad, you know, sometimes I want an answer and he'll go, okay, let me think on it and I'll call you back. And I'm like, dad, I need to <laughs> make a decision on this truck like today, you know, or like <laughs> whatever. And you're just yeah. like, uh, no, I don't have time for you to like, you know, but yeah, that's my dad. So like, I relate to, to Sarah a lot because my dad is very similar in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not completely devoid of emotion. He's, he, he, you know, he, he loves his dad jokes and he's, yeah. he's also emotional as well, but he also has that kind of Sarah kind of quality to yeah. him. So I get that. So, which, also, uh, also, oh, go ahead. also too, in the original series, when we first introduced to Sarah, it's probably, I think it was a, the Tower of Babel, I think that was the name of the episode. Was it? I think it was, yeah. Where basically they held the dignitaries on the Enterprise. That ending scene of like Sarek, Spock, and Kirk in the medical beds. I, I mean, prime McCoy and just unbelievable. How can you not like Sarek? I mean, a- after seeing that, and especially Mark Leonard that played Sarek as the actor. I don't know how you can not like yeah. Mark. I mean, Mark Leonard, what a great actor great i mean just unbelievable guy too as well so yeah you know yeah. i mean just what can you say you know, yeah, I mean, Sarah, just Sarah, top yeah. notch he, he he definitely brought that character to life yeah. and did a great job with it so all right so then our next ad we're going to talk about is uh who we talked about in the news story george kirk mm-hmm. um you know for those of you who aren't aware uh george is not really evident in a lot of the stuff that we see on TV or anything along those lines. We did get a mention of him in the Kelvin timeline movies um, in Star Trek in the first one. Um, but um, I do know like he's more prevalent in the books and things along those lines. Yeah. He's so very prevalent in the books. So I have to defer to you on this triple D because I'm not as familiar with George Kirk. Um, I do know the difference between the timelines is in the Kelvin timeline. He dies on the ship. Yes. He um, does. Uh, and then Whereas I know he lives in regular TOS and is able to see Captain Kirk become captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, George, he was a, he was a great father to, you know, to obviously to, 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 to James and, and also to, to his brother, George as well. Samuel. So, huh? Oh, Samuel, Samuel. I'm sorry. Samuel. I'm sorry. Samuel, Samuel, George, George, George is the father. Right? But, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he was, he was a great father to both of them you know, loved them very much, you know, encouraged them, you know, encouraged them to, to go do their own thing as well. And obviously they both picked Starfleet because they want to follow in their father's footsteps. Right. So, and obviously the, the most proudest moment in, you know, George Kirk's, you know, life was when, you know, is when his son, James C. Kirk became the captain of the, uh, the uh, enterprise and George the Kirk, flagship. The, the, the flagship, flagship, the flagship enterprise. So he was a great father and really was the driving force to, to us even having Captain James D. Kirk mm-hmm. in the entire Star Trek universe. So, you know, great dad and sort of a similar dad, to, you'd say, to like Benjamin Sisko, where he allowed his kid, he loved his kids to death. And obviously we've seen the Calvin timeline, you know, how much, you know, 
Kirk loved his father and right. what his father did, sacrificing himself so that James and his mother could 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 live. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really sad when you when you read the Star Trek movie novel and you just see the the, the upbringing that that Kirk had in in the Kelvin timeline rather to the TOS timeline. Mm-hmm. It's really it's 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 really sad, you know. Yeah. So 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 George Kirk good man great fucking father right it, 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 i think it, this is one of those ones where we see where, where a difference a dad can make yeah you know tos versus kelvin you know and really you, yeah and really in the kelvin timeline pike is more of kirk's father than mm-hmm. yeah because yeah yeah which which is another which is another reason why i i, I cry because when when pike died too yeah god yeah. okay that this is seriously me crying what we're talking ah, about, man. Well, well, let's keep it in the Kirk family, though. Then we got to talk about James T. Kirk. Uh, yeah, we got you know, to talk about he was a dad. Uh, so, I mean, one of us forgot that, that he was a dad. Yeah, um, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> okay, I can't believe how, how could I forget about David? I mean, yeah. Geez. I mean, yeah. I remember because I watched the sh- I watched. Yeah, you, oh, you just watched it. That's the reason why you're. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, it, of course, if you've watched Rathacon, you know. They introduced David as Kirk's son. We do know that he was uh, the son of uh, Kirk and Carol Marcus mm-hmm. and that he was told to stay away, and he did. So uh, he wasn't involved in David's life, uh, really, until we see that stretch of time between Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. And that's when they become more involved. And initially, there's some hostility between the two, and then they be, they reconcile and they have a relationship from that point forward. Yeah, and even to the point where even after his death in uh, you know Search for Spock in three, we see in six his picture is still on Kirk's you know bedside. Saying uh, he'll never forgive the Klingons for because because they killed David. Because they killed David, you know what I mean. So um, we do know that Kirk has the capacity for family uh, in the sense of wanting his own, but he just never does mm-hmm. um, because he he. He valued literally being the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was the whole point of the motion picture, and then and, and really in the beginning of of two is like stop sitting behind you know McCoy saying stop being sitting behind a computer desk and get your ship back. You know, go go do that. Yeah, you could do, do that kind of thing. Which you know, Jacob and I talked about that last night. He said, "So Papa can uh, can an admiral like take a ship?" I was like, "Yeah, if you remember in in, in Next Generation." Like uh, Admiral, what's her name? The lady Nachinko would come in the on yeah. the wild, on the like the wild horse or whatever. She was shady as fuck, man. Oh, she was, she but was she a shady admiral. But that was her ship, you know. Yeah. That was her ship. Yeah, like, they, ship. Yeah. So like the captain would control the day to day, and the admiral would oversee everything. But they would have that ship, and they could take director control when they needed mm-hmm. to, kind of like what Kirk does in in two. Yeah. And so uh, he's like, oh, okay, cool. So Kirk could have always done it. You know, he could have just done it, but he yeah. didn't. Yeah, how they how they how they wrote it in the books was basically, you know, Kirk was at Starfleet Academy, right, and basically was in charge of that, and they would have Spock as the captain of of the Enterprise, but Kirk would go out with Spock on the Enterprise out for certain missions, training missions, and stuff. So really, the Enterprise was Kirk's flagship, basically. Right, it was. You know, it yeah, it was. Yeah, in a, in a and way. then in... you know, and then obviously we see in two, you know, where. You know, we're like Kirk's, like you know, you know, you're the captain. I don't want to take it over. And then Spock's like, I, I, Jim, I have no ego, Jim. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, but we also know that really Spock is in, involved with the academy too and training these people on yeah. the Enterprise. So it's a it's a very interesting dynamic. But yeah, you know, Kirk, he really is a dad to everybody who steps on the Enterprise. 
he wasn't necessarily a dad for David. So, um, but we do know that he has that capacity. He does. Yeah. He does care. It's just oh, immensely. You know, he also listened to Carol Marcus and she said stay away. So he did, you know, and he he did that. So uh, our next dad we're going to talk about is Tom Paris um, <laughs> from Voyager. Um, yeah. He became a new dad at the end of the run of, of Voyager. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what happens unless there's in the books or things of what happens after. There's there, there there's some stuff in the books. So well, I mean, I mean, basically, the thing in, in Star Trek Coda. Uh, Paris and Paris and uh, Tom Paris and Milana, they, they, they end up, obviously they're still together, you know, and they go on a few missions and stuff together, you know, where, you know, where Janeway and Voyager, they've explored basically the end of the fucking galaxy, the end of the, of mm. like, of, of, of this universe and they go on to another universe. I mean, just, just crazy stuff. Mm. And they basically, and they're basically raising their child on, on Voyager and, and they said in one of the books, you know, that, you know, that this is that this is the thing that Tom always wanted, that he's able to be the father that he wanted to be, you know, which don't get me wrong. His father, Admiral Paris, he, he was a which, good father to him. Yeah, yes. which is the one of our next wives we're going to discuss. But, you know, yeah, you know, Tom is a great dad, loves his kids, you know, and basically he's kind of a softie for him. You know, he kind of right. let his daughter get get away with murder, you know. You know, Bolana's kind of the one that issues the uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Disciplinary. disciplinary. So, Which, yeah. You know, sometimes it's normally the reverse. Yeah, normally, normally the dad's the, reverse, the bad guy. Yeah. No, the dad's the bad guy, mom's yeah. the good guy. But you yeah. know, it so, is what it is. I, I think. Um, I think from what with the snapshots we did see on Voyager at the end of the season, we did see that he was a really good dad. He cared yeah. about Belana and and his yeah. daughter very, very much. Um, from the snapshots we could see and and figuring it out, and that's that's really what he wanted more than anything else was to be a dad. You know, and so um, I think that's a, a really, you know, to me, the foundation for being a dad is, yeah. you know, really doing that. And I think to go into the next point, Admiral Paris, his dad, um, you know, we know that, you know, he was disappointed with Tom and his choices, but yet still cared for him. Yeah. Found a way for him to be um, in a, a nice facility. Um, and then when when Voyager disappears, knowing Tom's on board, he is efforting. Never gave up. He was, yeah, never, never gave, gave up gave efforting. Up. Trying to find Voyager, mm-hmm. did not want to lose his son, and you see the moment when they make that connection for the first time with Star Trek, and it's Admiral Paris, and he hears Janeway, and Tom is there. You just see just that emotion that Admiral Paris had. That was that was another emotional moment for me oh. watching that. Yeah, knowing that kidding, his I'm, son's I'm, alive. I'm, yeah, and, I'm just getting more right now. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's. I mean, for for and, and that's what I mean to be a dad, you know, to to, to lose a son, but you know in your heart of hearts that there's no way, mm-hmm. being yourself, there's no way, and you're gonna keep fighting mm-hmm. and everything, and probably people of Starfleet command like, dude, Voyager's gone, man, right? And he's like, exactly. no, it's it's not, it's not, right. we know it's still there, it has to be there, yeah. And his just, you know, him just relentlessly pursuing it. It was just unbelievable. Plus, plus two, you know. Plus two, he had, uh, he had, he had Barkley there too to help him out too. Yeah, you know? I mean, Reg, Reg, I mean, Reg, there you Reg go. the man. Yeah, you know. But I mean, you see that with Admiral Paris and and really his his devotion to Tom and yeah, and really, you know. And then late later on, he finds out he's a grandfather, and mm-hmm. you know, he just the pride and joy he comes from that, you know. And I, I will. Oh, I'm sorry. And I will say this too, John. In the autobiography of 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 Janeway, it was. When, 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 
when it was before he became Admiral Captain Paris, it was Captain Paris that brought Catherine Janeway onto his ship mm. and basically looked out for her and treated her, you know, you know, you know, like his daughter. Right. So not only, you know, and yeah, and Captain Paris, yeah, he was a hard ass. And so was Admiral yeah. Paris. He was a hard ass too. But if he loved you, then you know he would go to the ends of there for you, and he, right. and that showed with the love that he had for both Tom Paris and for Captain Janeway, especially right. for his son. So right, exactly, and so so I mean Owen Paris, Admiral Owen Paris, you know, the definitely a top dad. Um, next yes. one we're going to talk about is Riker, you know William William T Riker, and yeah. uh, you know we of course we find out he's a dad in, in Picard season one, Picard, yeah, uh, and we we do know that that they him and Deanna suffered the loss of a child, uh, an older boy. Yeah. And I have a younger daughter, but you know, we we see, um, you know, Riker. He he he's that dad. That's the overprotective dad. You know, oh, the, big yeah, guy. you know. I mean, big like, big you know, guy. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, Picard comes up. He goes, uh, "Yeah, I'm a little bit of trouble." All right, shields up. You know, what I mean, he he, he yeah. shields his facility and everything, and you know, he's just. You know, everything is going. What are we gonna do? But then yeah. he's still that jovial guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're making pizzas in the brick oven in the backyard <laughs> and uh you know doing this that Riker's the other. pizzeria <laughs> right you know and and letting his kids kind of run wild on this planet and mm-hmm. and do their thing and and be themselves um you know in that aspect um but still with an eye on them and being cautionary especially after having lost their son yeah. to a disease that could have been preventable if there would have been androids available um in that aspect so you know it, you you have to wonder um, you know, how much Picard played into Riker's, you know, development as a dad. Because Picard was never a dad in the sense of having a child per se or or yeah. things along those lines, but he was in the sense of everybody who stepped on a ship. You know, he kind he of looked out for him. He looked out for them, he he cared for them, he you know, made sure that they were the things that they got the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know. Because you saw that in that relationship in season one of Picard, where it was, yeah, no question, you're here. We're going to take care of you. This is, you know, your family, you know, mm-hmm. kind of aspect. You know, you even see that with Astra, their daughter, when they see Picard, it's almost like he's their grandfather, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's Riker definitely. I I mean, he was he was always one of those ones that I think you always knew was going to be a dad. You know the way great, great dad too on top of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, even in um, even even in the books, in in the books that I I, I've listened to, he's just an unbelievable father, Mm. unbelievable father. I think the older son name was Thad. I think right. I think Thad. He was a great son to Thad and to Astra, and just would do anything for them and Mm -hmm. protected them at all costs. You know, and made sure and. Obviously, everybody on Titan loved that, and they loved Astra on Titan. Right. So, yeah. I mean, just great dad. Yeah, yeah. really was. So, uh, the next one we're going to talk about is another TNG favorite is Worf. You know? <laughs> Worf. Oh, Worf, man. Worf, man. I love having, Worf, man. You know, talk about having being thrust into dadhood and not being yeah, prepared for it. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you find out that, you know, you made it with this lady, but she doesn't want to get married to you, and then you come back later. Oh yeah, by the way, we have a kid now. We we have and, a kid. And you live with him and then you send him off to your grandparents. And your grandparents are like, Yeah, we can't handle him. You need to take him back. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, having to deal with kids and honor, you know, and like we do not lie. I mean, Andrew, Klingons and he, do not lie. Yeah, and, and and dealing with a kid who lies and having to deal with those <laughs> kind of things, and you know, trying to you know strict discipline and this and that other. But then again, at the same time too, we know he does send them off again, and we see the episode later on where the older Alexander comes back in time, you know, to save his dad. And um, we do know that Alexander does love his dad. You know, Alexander is is kind of a Klingon who's not a Klingon per se, and he's learning later in life how to be a Klingon. We see it in Deep yes. Space Nine when him and Jadzia get married. He's kind of that clumsy kid that, you know, wants to be a Klingon but doesn't know how and basically becomes the ship's mascot of, you know, whenever he's on the ship, bad things happen, but nothing, you know, they don't die. They really make it through these crazy circumstances. Yeah. And, um, you know, so... We we don't know anything beyond Deep Space Nine really, other than if you if you read the books, what happens. I've I've got so, okay. So take me from there. So so basically, so so after Deep Space Nine, we all know that Worf becomes you know an ambassador, and Alexander studies under Worf, and then Alexander becomes an ambassador as well. Oh wow! He, he takes over Worf's job when Worf comes back to basically, you know, comes back to 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 to, to be the captain of the Enterprise and be with Picard. So. And he also becomes very, very proficient at, you know, at weapons and at tactical as well. So mm -hmm. he takes after Worf and the love that you've seen in the books of Worf and Alexander, it's, it's so close. It's so tight. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And how, how Worf was able to show Alexander to become then to become a great ambassador and then to become a great, you know, officer on a ship. You know, he basically right. a lot of love and a lot of respect. So Worf, great, great dad. Just, just stay away from, just stay away from the blue barrels. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, right. Well, and I mean, he started out rough. You know, I think he started yeah. out, you know, rough as a dad. Oh God, not, yeah, it was you rough. Know, and and I, you know, not necessarily knowing how to be a dad and trying to figure it all out and. You know, having Deanna Troy help him a little Which bit. Which has some absolutely hilarious moments. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I mean, God. you know, just Michael, Michael Dorn's facial expressions <sighs> are just priceless. Yes. You know, I mean, he's an amazing actor. You know, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been interesting, you know, to say the least. You know, so, uh, you know, definitely a dad that you want to have if you have a bully. You know, oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely someone you want to have in your corner and will be. Exactly, so, yeah. uh, so to kind of tie into Worf, who covers Next Generation Deep Space Nine, uh, we're going to go with another Deep Space Nine dad, Miles O'Brien. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, there, uh, Miles uh, is a father to two kids. I mean, Keiko had two. Uh, in case you didn't know, TNG, one of them was born uh, when that ship hit that invisible ribbon and mm -hmm. paralyzed the ship. And Worf had to deliver the baby. Oh, Myers yeah. In another yeah. place. And Worf was like, and then they make the joke on Deep Space Nine that Keiko was pregnant again. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be available. Like, I'm not going to be. Like, <laughs> Worf wanted nothing to do with yeah, having because, because he was like that another one, baby. You yeah. know? That, that one time. Yeah. I've only once wanted yeah. to witness honorable birth just, just, just once. That's it. Yeah. He, he's like, oh, nope. Man. I want nothing to do with this. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they they make the joke about with Bashir that Worf delivered the you know their first baby, and he was like, mm, no, nope. no, you know. But you know, we know we do know Miles is a very very deep family man. Yeah, um, growing up Irish, growing up with his family, mm -hmm. you know, very strong family roots with that. 
talks about his family a lot back home, and then making his new family with Kimiko and on the ship there, and then in, and on Deep Space Nine, making the move partially to Deep Space Nine for his family. Exactly. You know, getting yeah. getting off a ship and living on a station, and so that they can have a more stable environment. And and um, then all of a sudden, Dominion War comes in. <laughs> right, then you got to deal with that, and then having to oh, ship shit. them off to Bajor every now and then because yeah. you know it's going to be safe. Like in the first few seasons, even with without the Dominion War, there's other things that happen. They get shipped off so many times. It's like ugh. okay, but you know, in that aspect, we um, there was that episode where his daughter fell through the time. Loop kind of whole thing. Mm-hmm. It comes back, you know, struggling to speak, and and then they they care for her and love on her, and and just continue to treat her like family as well, and bringing her back. Um, we we you know the episodes with Miles, um, the mind prison one. You know, we just know how you know he struggled being away from his family and 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 those aspects of it. Um, he was a deep family man. You know, really, yeah. you know, really put his family first. And um, if it wasn't his family, it was his friends and his shipmates. You know, we saw that with the Cardassian War. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think on the I, there's a really poignant moment. I think on um, Next Generation where you know, and Chief O'Brien was an enlisted man. You know, he wasn't an officer. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He, you know, an academy bred. He was an enlisted guy. Became a chief, and you know, very respected. But you know, in the in the Cardassian border wars, he was he was a grunt on the ground and talked about you know when he looked at the Cardassian, he goes, "I don't hate you. I hate what you made me become." And in in that aspect of because he lost his friends who he saw as family uh, because of that family tie and aspect mm-hmm. of it. And so um, we know that he wanted to be a certain way for his his daughter and his son. And, yeah. and, and he wanted to be that certain father for them. Um, we even see that later on in the episode um, where he has to be undercover. You know, for the yeah. Ryan Syndicate guy and, and you know that guy, and then dealing with family and all that kind of stuff. You yeah, know, you know, O'Brien is a very he didn't like, want to turn on him. No, because of that. Yeah, you know, you know, and and so you know, I think I think you know, Miles is is up there as as far as dads go, and really caring for his family and Hell really yeah, being a family man on that aspect of it. So, and then that brings us to our last one. This is number twelve uh, on our list. Uh, some would say probably not. We should be on this list, but you and I make the list, so we don't care. So yeah, fuck them, fuck them all. Fuck uh, we we make the list. We make the list, and if you had a better list, then you should you should have sent it to the show. Yeah. So, too bad. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Yeah. You didn't send the list. Uh, so the last entry on our list for today is Data. Um, uh, Law is his daughter, as we know, he created Law, and mm-hmm. um, and so Data as a dad. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, uh, actually, awesome as a dad. Yeah, because you know, because because in the novels, he 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 brings Law back to life in the novels and basically shows her what it is to be human mm. and says, you know, I want you to be more like a human and teaches her everything, astronomy and everything. And it's just, and you see like the loyalty and the love that data mm-hmm. has for her. I mean, especially in the, in, 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 in the Coda book series, you know, how the, the entire timeline is folding in on itself. And he's like, well, we'll stay here because, you know, I want to protect you. I don't want anything to happen to you. I mean, just, uh, just the sheer love that he had for Law. I mean, just, mm-hmm. he's a great dad. And I mean, what the heck? I mean, he created his own daughter. Right. I because mean, so, he wanted that companionship. He wanted that offspring. Yes, he did. You know what I mean? I mean, some, some people don't want that. And some people have kids and they don't care about it. But this is a person 
you know, Data yeah. wanted that, and he strived for that. Uh-huh. One, because he knows that's the next step in human evolution, you know, and building towards that emotion. But two, you know, th- to me, that's also a sign of sentience. You want to procreate. You want to continue on a legacy. Yeah. You want to move forward in that aspect. Exactly. You, you have that desire. And so um, knowing that he had the desire, you know, really I think it was a, a very interesting aspect in the fact that he goes, no, I, w- I want to do this. And so he creates law and, 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 you know, does everything he can and, you know, has to make that hard decision in, in the next generation to deactivate her. You know, yeah, and that, that was, yeah, that that was, was hard. hard. That was, hard. That was yeah. tough. You know, I mean, as a parent, you're watching. Like, I, of course, I wasn't a parent when I watched it. Now, when I watch it back, and then as a parent, and you see that decision, it's just like, fuck. Oh, you know, it's hard. And I mean, oh, you know, really, you know, the one thing I do when we say about with all these guys, these 12 of them that we've mentioned today, um, you know, you, you have to respect what how Trek honors and respects the relationship the fathers yeah. have and the choices they have to make, yeah. you know, for their families. And so they, they do it well. They do it very, very well in, in honoring and respecting and showing those choices that dads have to yes, make they do. That, that, you that you know, hit you in the field. So, you know, um, so with that said, that's our 12 dads that we have for Star Trek from covering all the different genres. Uh, so, Triple D, who are your top five dads oh, out of this Jesus. list? Tell you, tell you the truth. Everyone, everyone's number one dad. But if I was to rank them, it'd be Cisco one. I mean, okay, yeah, Cisco which one, one. Cisco, uh, Joseph or, or Benjamin, Benjamin Cisco, Ben okay. Cisco one, Sarek two, okay, Kirk three, James or George, James, okay, George, um, uh, Joe Cisco, okay, and O'Brien, okay. All right. So I'm going to go my number five. I'm going to go from five to one. All right. So my number five is going to be Sarek. You know, okay. I just I just felt like, you know, he was a great dad. He covered his kids. I think there's that logic aspect that, he, you know, obviously he's Vulcan, so he couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the relatability to, uh, to my dad to that, I think, is a really good one. Um, my number four is going to be uh, Riker. Okay. Um, yeah, I just felt like he was a, a really good dad, the things that he did there. Um, my number three is going to be Rom, you know, just okay, just allowing you know their, their kid to do their thing and being open minded. My number mm-hmm. two is Miles O'Brien. I just felt like great dad. My number one is Ben Cisco. I mean, yeah. you can't you know, do it. that I, as much as I wanted to put Joseph, Joseph would be my honorable mention, but mm-hmm. we only got a couple of episodes with him. You know, really, in that aspect, and so uh, Benjamin Cisco's got to be the number one, and Miles. Oh, yeah. I mean, Deep Space Nine just really built those family dynamics. Yeah. So those two really got the most out of those aspects. Uh, Riker, if we'd have gotten more, I think would have been higher oh, on yeah. my list. You know, um, you know, Worf not having read as much, he might have been higher. It might have replaced uh, Sarek for me, but I've only known him from the shows. I didn't need yeah. the supplemental stuff. Um, you know, same with Data. I only know him from the one episode, so uh, those are the kind of things. Tom and Admiral Paris, those, yeah, you know, same thing. And with Here's, Kirk, yeah. with Kirk, I just, you know, with jo- with George again, I only know him from the movie. I don't know from the peripheries. And James, I only know from the two episodes two of episodes, the movies. Yeah. And like to me, the fact that I know Carol said stay away, but if you're dead, you want to, you want your kid in your life, and you're gonna find yeah. a way to do that. And so. Uh, you know, that's where I struggle with that one for me. So really, gotcha. 
you know, that that's the way my five laid out is mm-hmm. all of them are very involved with their kids and, you know, are very, you know, fatherly in, 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 in that aspect. So I'm not saying the others are bad dads. I'm just saying those are my five, the way they go. They're all great dads. No, no matter what. Yes. And then that's you the one really, thing. You really couldn't go wrong. And I think that's the one thing really Star Trek does really well is they, mm-hmm. they honor the dad relationship. They don't have the dad blow up your kids playing it, you know, <laughs> and, and force choke them and make them come to the dark side. Yeah. You know, you know they, they treat dads yeah. with respect. Fuck you know. Star Wars. <laughs> you know, so, so, but that's, that's, that's the 12 dads we have. And those yeah. are our top fives. Let us know what you think. Uh, who are your top five dads out of this list? Or did, is there a dad that we left off that you felt should have been represented on this list that we didn't talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you felt like uh, Worf's adopted dad was should have been on that list. Or Worf's real dad, you know, from the Kittimer Accords and sacrificing himself for that. Maybe, uh, you know, there's other people on there. Uh, Martok should have been on this list, you know. Yeah. Who knows? You tell us what you think. Email the show. Text us. Call us. Let us know what you think, or you know, is our list good? And tell us your top five from our list. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things to go. So, uh, Triple D, with that said, I think it's time for our Trek wreck. For I was just gonna say, it is our Trek wreck, and it is your turn because I, I last week I said Gazelle animation, and I did watch the the, the Star Trek, uh, the, the Voyager animated series, and fantastic. Absolutely Thanks. fantastic. I would recommend Gazelle <laughs> every time because, my God, that was done so well. Yeah. So, so well. we'll put in our trick wreck noise right here. Great job picking that Trek wreck music. He's he's money. That's why he's money, McGuire. He's money, he's money you know? Well, my Trek wreck for this week is going to be uh, Paramount Plus. I mean, let's oh, be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. You know, if you live in the United States, four ninety nine for a limited commercial break, and you pay like fifty bucks for the uh, annually, and it's it's dude, you get everything Trek you want. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I mean, the you get you get the animated series, you get the original series, you get you know all the movies, all the shows, old and new, everything right there. Especially now that we learn that at the end of this month, Netflix will be the last place that Deep Space Nine is leaving, and that's it. After this month, it'll be the only place to get Trek. Yeah. And you know, you you're getting some great stuff. You know, there you can't go wrong with Paramount Plus. No. Um, at four ninety nine, if you want to pay a little bit more, it's what like sixty or eighty bucks for six ninety nine a month for commercial free to watch stuff, which is still cheap. I yeah, mean, it's cheap. Trust for, me for streaming service, and that's just for Star Trek. That doesn't include all the original movies, movies they have on in, in their catalog, mm-hmm. um, shows like Yellowstone, eighteen eighty three. Um, which I mentioned those shows because Tyler Sheridan lives out here in Weatherford. So shout out to you, Tyler. Um, great. You know, he lives down the road, you know, really? Yeah. I say down the road, like there's a very nice, like ranch area, like <laughs> high end people, but yeah, it's, it's down the road a little bit, but yeah. Do you see here. him out in town? Like you see him out in town? Stuff? Yeah. They, they've come to like some of our like, oh, nice. fundraising events and stuff. Oh, like nice. That. So, 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 so they come to freedom house and stuff like that. They've too, donated right? some, yeah. So they oh, donated like, last year. Oh, like, that's good. They donated some stuff last year to our, 
safaris that you know was oh, part of the very program. nice oh, so yeah awesome. so yeah the, uh, shout out to the, him and his wife they're a great couple and um you know do a lot for the community here um so but yeah there's there's all kinds of things on paramount that you can get uh, all the cbs shows that are licensed to yeah. them um if you like hawaii 5 old and oh, new yeah those are great uh who all the csis who doesn't love some Jack Lord Hawaii Five O? Oh, Come dude! On. But have you watched the new Hawaii Five O? I have not good. watched the new Hawaii Five O. It's good. But it's good. I, I I did hear it's good though. It's really good. I've enjoyed it. Uh, SWAT is on there, old and mm -hmm. new. You can watch all that kind of stuff. So I mean, you can't go wrong with Paramount Plus for the cost that you're paying for it, for the streaming service, the amount of stuff you get, the fact that you get movies, TV shows, miniseries, all those things. You can't go wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's my track pick of the week is Paramount Plus. Just because Great track wreck. Yeah, you know, I mean, you just for the cost and everything you're doing, you, can't be there. You, I mean, you, when they when we figured when they talked about the catalog, um, it, you, it would take you six months to go through everything if you watched it, you know, on a regular basis. Without, I mean, you'd have breaks or whatever, but mm -hmm. to watch everything from beginning to end, movies, TV series, miniseries, animated series, all that stuff. You know that alone in itself makes it worth the cost of the of the streaming service. Exactly. You know, here, here's my question, Triple D. Do you think Paramount would ever have the balls to just have a Star Trek only streaming service where you pay like two ninety nine and you get access to only any all the Star Trek catalog? They wouldn't do it because they get so much money off of Star Trek for the Paramount Plus, right? Because I mean, Star Trek is. Star Trek is the main event. It is the driving force for Paramount Plus. Yeah, it is. I mean, as I said before, what was the, what was in the last Paramount Plus with Discovery? Discovery yeah. was when when CBS All Access came out. That was their flagship show. This is what they're selling with the streaming service with Star Trek mm -hmm. Discovery. So Star Trek will always. I I don't think it'll become separate mm -hmm. unless unless there's such a high demand for it. That they'll do something like that, but that would basically be you cut your nose off to spite your face if if you were to do that, you know. Well, I mean, it's it's I can see it like for the hard hardcore fan that yeah. Star Trek like that does like I just want to pay for Trek. I don't want to pay for anything else. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything. I mean, granted, you're gonna miss out in the Halo series, which by the way, if you haven't seen that, it's really yeah. good. CBS, it's on Paramount Plus. That's on CBS. Um, there's lots of stoves on there that are really good, but there are just some people who are like, I just want to watch Star Trek. I want to watch Star Trek, yeah. You know, I want to pay for uh, Star Trek. And that I, shit. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they do it as, as something separate, but still keep Star Trek on the normal right. Paramount Plus. So if they were to do something separate like that and charge, you know, two ninety nine or three ninety nine for that, I, you know, yeah. I can you're, still on the, like, you're still on the Paramount Plus uh, you know, yeah. access and everything, but you're only accessing the Star Trek stuff. Star Trek at, stuff, yeah. You know, at two ninety nine. You know, mm -hmm. so and then you don't get access to anything else. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, to me, that's a way to like. You know, so somebody wants their streaming service, they have this. You know, this and this, but they. I just want to watch Star Trek. You know, I don't. Yeah. You know, I had Netflix because everything was there. Now it's all gone. I just want to watch Star Trek. Yeah. You know, okay. Well, you can get Paramount Plus for two ninety nine, and you're just going to have Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. You know, so no, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's good. And then, and then you could always, you could always debut the new series on Paramount Plus, and then put them later on on the Star Trek one. Yeah. So that the people that still want to get Star Trek, they can still get it, and it might be an incentive for people who just have the Star Trek one to get the Paramount Plus one because you get a chance to see all the Star new Star Trek series. 
you know, soon as they're released, yeah. as they're released instead of yeah. waiting, you know, two months for it. So. Right. Yeah. That's good. Well, all right. Well, that's, I think the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, man, that, that, man, we've given them hour quite and a bit half. again, an hour and a half again. Yeah. On father's man. day of all things. Uh, I know. Tell me about it. Man. It's father's day. So, you know, with that said, you know, I will uh, tell you where you can find me on the internet. You can find me Jay reason on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, the TikToks. If you want dad jokes, Quality dad jokes where I interrupt Quality people. dad jokes. Yeah, you know, like I interrupt people that like ladies who maybe have big boobs out and then I interrupt them to tell a dad joke. <laughs> That's something you're looking for. Go to they TikTok. Got, you know? They got them gimmicks out, baby. They got, they the, got gimmicks the gimmicks out, out you know, or whatever. Gimmicks out. You know, I'll interrupt anybody to tell to tell a dad joke. So uh, if that's something you're looking for, the TikTok there. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's just John and Wright, and you'll see me. You'll figure out which one I am. Uh, I keep oh, my man. stuff pretty locked down, though. So if you can't find me, got to. oh, well, uh, Twitter and Instagram are the easier ways to get a hold of me. Uh, if you want to talk mental health and you want to talk uh, needing resources in your area or just someone to talk to and you need help with your mental health in some way, shape, or form, uh, you can always reach out to me, John, at freedomhousepc.org, and I will gladly walk to you and talk to you about that aspect and the steps you need to take on figuring out how to start your healing journey. We won't talk Trek. We won't talk wrestling. We won't talk anything, just mental health and figuring out how to best get your resources, whether that be free to low-cost services or just finding you a counselor in your area who's going to be good for you. Or even if you want to go the online route, I know Better Health and some other um, if you want a Christian, there's a Christian version of that um, uh, online where you can find a Christian counselor to help you through those things. Whatever it is you need to do to start your process, we can help with that. We aspect. got you covered. We got you covered. So contact me. Let me know what it is I can do to help you figure that out. Because guys and gals, but mostly guys, especially because it's Father's Day, your mental health is just as important as anybody exactly. else's. Um, you know, we deal with a lot as dads. We we go through a lot as dads, and we don't get the opportunity to emotionally share that you know other people do we're not taught to do that we're taught you know men don't cry and you don't share you don't you can handle everything just sit there in silence and handle it and that's not the case at all you need to be willing to reach out and get help as a matter of fact that was something i talked to my child about this week um we had a very frank conversation about life and and things and one of the things i told him was like look we're coming up on two years in this house and um you know i wouldn't be here today if i didn't ask for help you know, if I didn't exactly, reach yeah. out and get the things I needed to do to get help, we would not be where we're at today with that aspect. So he goes, oh, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm trying to show him that help is important and asking for help is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so, um, you know, as, as you know, we talked about legacies and things today, that's one of the things I want him to be have a caring heart, but also be willing to reach out and then ask for help because, you can't go through life alone. You can't exactly. be by yourself. You have to have those friends and family around you mm-hmm. who are going to help you. And when you ask for help, you know they're going to be there. So, exactly. um, guys, it's important. Uh, ladies, too, but guys, especially on Father's Day today, yeah. get that help that you need and figure and, you know, talk to me. Well, I'm gladly, no judgment, will help you figure out what it is you need for your healing journey. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So. That's everything I've got, Triple D. What oh, about you? Man, Where can the people find you? Dimitri Zerdos, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, come find me. I'm probably I probably won't accept your friend request because I don't accept people's <laughs> friend requests from if I don't know you. But um, but you can always send me a message on Messenger, like, hey man, I listen to the show, I love it. Can you add to me as a friend? I'll be like, sure, and then I'll add you as a friend. Um, uh, Dipping Donuts, my business, best donuts in the world. Ben Hamin runs our social media. Check it out, best food porn that there is. 
Uh, and you can find Dippy Donuts on all the social medias except for TikTok. We've not gotten on TikTok yet. I might get on TikTok. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Dude, but, well, at least Dippin' Donuts needs to get on there and just yeah, you yeah. know pr- promote your your stuff that way. Exactly. All the kids, all the kids love the TikToks, and yeah. you, you show your donuts on there, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, uh, you, know, you know. Do yeah. y'all do y'all ship uh, your donuts? I have shipped donuts before, but the issue with shipping donuts is you gotta like next day them, and okay. the shipping cost next day them is fucking expensive. Oh, I man. bet. Yeah, no, it no. is ridiculous. So, and then on top of it, it's like you don't know if the donuts, even you write fragile on the box, if they're gonna be fragile, mm-hmm. whether they're just gonna chuck it. So, yeah, so you gotta be so. And I would not want to ship anything frozen. I'm very, it's like it's gotta be fresh, you know, it's no, nothing frozen, you know. So, but, but you never know if there's if, there, if there's a process where we can do that and it stays fresh, we might start doing that. So, mm-hmm. Because I'd, I'd rather do wholesale than do this retail shit because <laughs> retail sucks. <laughs> yeah. Retail, retail fucking sucks. But, yeah. but, but listen, man, I think, John, we've given them the plugs, John, where to find us, where to check out good food porn and everything else. So, fans, fathers, happy Father's Day. John, happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thank you, sir. I hope you and Jacob have a great time tonight with whatever you guys do. And to everybody, catch us next week on the Academy where we'll be discussing uh, Money MacGyver's idea of comparing the starships of Star Trek to classic cars. So I'm looking forward to that one. That will be a good one. That's going to be going. So everyone out there, live long and prosper. And we'll see you all next week. Peace.